0: Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to The Vip. Jazz Wall Report. Here's a thought for today. Apparently, homosexuality is found in over 400 species of life. But homophobia... Is only found in one. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. With the Supreme Court ruling in favor of gay marriage, there's been a significant outpour of opinion both in favor of it and those who are against it. And now that the dust is settling, this is a good time to get a very real perspective. Our guest today gives us a deeper insight into what it means to be a gay human being, a gay spouse, a gay follower of God, and a gay parent, only because he's all four of them. He's Pastor Randy Eddie McCain from the Open Door Community Church in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Welcome to the show, Randy. It's
1: great to be here, Vip. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh, you're welcome, sir. Let's get started. I want to talk about, you know... Um, Right from the start, using the Bible as a concept, um, does the Bible allow for gays to pray? If you're gay, does the Bible allow you to pray?
1: I don't think anyone would argue that uh, anyone can pray, Mm. even those on both sides of this issue. Um, When I hear people say they've taken prayer out of the schools, I say, you know, there's nobody that has taken a test in school that has not prayed. <laughs> right. When it comes down to the to the nitty gritty of it, and I, I think that uh, that it, all of um, your listeners would agree that are believers that um, gay people can pray.
0: The only reason I ask is because I did a show so many months ago, and and I had a, a gay pastor and, and a straight one, and and there seemed to be a dispute about, you know, if if the Bible allowed for gay people to
1: pray. Right. Well, the, the God that I grew up knowing and the God that I serve, um, I think he hears all of our prayers. And I think that we are, uh, it's like uh, Jesus, who I, who I follow, said that whoever comes to me, mm-hmm. I will not turn away.
0: Now, with the Supreme Court ruling in favor of uh, same-sex marriage, why was there such a need for gays to get married? Because I'm married and it's highly overrated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think that for me the mm. reason it's important is because I was raised in a Christian home. My mom and dad were married happily for 54 years till my dad's death. Mm. Um, they raised us as children to believe in the importance of marriage in finding someone that they said God would have for us mm who uh, would, in a way, complete us, would um, be someone that we could go through life with and not have to be alone. Right. I remember I used to love to sleep with my parents, and my mama told me at, at a certain age, you can't do that because your dad's my bed partner, and someday you'll grow up and you'll, have a, you'll marry and you'll have your own bed partner. So, I mean, just simple things like that, that it was important that we find someone, that we commit to them for life, that we be faithful to them and uh, serve God together as a couple. And they called it marriage. And so when I fell in love with my husband, Gary, um, over 23 years ago, um, that's what I wanted for us. And when you hear people talking about uh, gay marriage in such derogatory terms, uh, I consider my marriage to Gary one of the most beautiful gifts that God has ever given me. And for them to talk so disparagingly about something that is so special and so important in my life mm-hmm. uh, was offensive.
0: But how do you manage the argument that marriage has been a tradition between man and a woman for centuries, not just a new phenomenon?
1: Well, I, I, I get a little confused when they say marriage has been the same through, through the, the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage was not always the same. Uh, men were able to marry as many women as they wanted to. And um, so I don't think it's always – I think we learn, Vip, um, in stages. I think that uh, truth comes as we – we don't know the whole truth, mm-hmm. and we we progress in our truth understanding. Uh, the word homosexual wasn't even invented until 100 years ago, and so we did not understand that there were sexual orientations other than being uh, attracted, a man being attracted to a woman. And so we have learned as we, the Bible has changed in many ways how we feel. If you read the scriptures, it would appear that that the scriptures don't have any problem with slavery. Um,
0: You said the Bible has changed. How has the Bible changed?
1: The perception has changed, not the Bible. The perception has changed of what it means to be loving, And to serve God, it has changed because of our opinions on slavery, on um, integration, on women's roles in society. Uh, I mean, I think you could read the Bible, and and I think their perception at that time, I don't think God has changed, but the perception of God changes from someone. I believe that women uh, are equal to men. I think that, and I think that if a woman you know works the same hours the woman should be paid the same as a man but but in the Bible they were like um, chattel they were uh, something that a man owned and a father uh, sold to a man uh, who she would marry
0: are are you saying then the Bible will constantly change in its interpretation because our culture and our levels of acceptance changes
1: Right, and I think what happens, too, is we learn, as we have uh, with the gay issue, that as you, uh, the fact that you mentioned in the opening, that in all uh, species, there is this phenomenon mm-hmm. of a minority of creatures who are attracted to the same gender, and uh, so, so we learn that. We didn't know that. I don't think that when Paul wrote and when the people in the scriptures wrote that they had any concept of two people being in a loving, committed, monogamous relationship mm. that were of the same gender,
0: but you know what I'm finding when I when I speak to my friends, some who are pro and some who are not, um, about same-sex marriage, they feel that their world is being hijacked by the gays, um, and to me, the way it's coming across is, why use marriage because marriage belongs to the heterosexuals, why couldn't they use another word that has the same level of rights in in civil society? And that's what it's coming across as when I hear these arguments among my friends.
1: You see, I I don't understand this whole thing that Christians feel that that gay people like myself are trying to persecute them. Um, I love the institution of marriage. Um, and and I am NOT out because of my marriage to Gary my husband I'm not out to destroy the institution of marriage we have been together and committed for 23 years we are want to add our freshness to the institution of marriage and uh, my parents taught me by being married for 54 years that this was uh, something that was very sacred and very holy and to me I believe that marriage is sacred, and it's not just a justice of the peace, Mary and me, Mm. but it is someone who loves God the way I love God that has um, officiated at our wedding. And and I think that that's why we're not trying to take anything away from heterosexuals. Uh, We love the institution, and we support the institution. I think the problem is not necessarily from gay people becoming a part of that institution. It is the problem we have with the divorce today. And I think that um, attacks marriage and the institution of marriage much more than two people like myself and my husband Gary wanting to commit to each other for life and call it marriage.
0: Well, I'm not going to dispute that about the divorce thing, but going back to what the the heterosexuals think that they want to preserve marriage for heterosexuals, but I don't think they seem to have an issue um, with gay people are getting married as long as they use a different terminology i mean it seems to be a war of words that's what i'm coming down to
1: but you see that becomes separate but equal and that's not the same it is not the same hmm. this mm-hmm. is an institution that we as children were raised to respect and appreciate and want to become a part of
0: someday and so, so why what's why wrong I with creating a, a a new institution
1: well for somebody that may not have been raised that way that might work for them but for me as a christian Mm. as someone who follows jesus that was taught that marriage was a very christ-centered institution Mm. i want to be a part of that and it's no attack on my heterosexual brothers and sisters i mean i i i have as a minister perform um, gay and heterosexual marriages. Right. And, and so I don't, I, I, don't have, I don't want to destroy that, and I don't want to take anything away from them. And they can, you know, this whole argument that, that we're trying to make them uh, perform weddings, uh, Christian ministers, uh, that's not true. I was raised in a uh, denomination, the Assemblies of God, hmm. where uh, the pastor was not allowed to marry somebody who was remarrying after divorce. And yet no one in the government or anywhere else could make that minister marry someone that his faith told him was not what he should be doing.
0: What if your critics say that we don't try to change you from gay to straight, so why change marriage from straight to all?
1: Because I don't, I don't see marriage as uh, having a gender. <laughs> I see it as a commitment between two people who love one another mm. and want to spend their lives together and have that blessed by the church. And, and, and you know, and again, it doesn't, if your church doesn't believe in that, you do not have to bless it. But there are churches like the one that I pastor that, are, are, that would bless both heterosexual and gay marriage.
0: But you see, heterosexuals might say that they do see marriage as a difference of gender coming together.
1: Well, and if they do, that is fine for them to believe that for themselves, but to uh, take, tell other people that they can't be a part of that mm. because they disagree with the way they see it, I think is wrong.
0: Within the community, there was never any sort of, um, how can I put it? Any sort of plan to actually make it something different? The, the community definitely wanted marriage, as right. is to be for them as well.
1: Well, and by a community, what do you mean?
0: The, the LGBT community. Same okay. like, Yeah.
1: You see, there, there, you can't lump everybody together. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some people that would have been just fine with civil uh, ceremonies, right. because there are people that are heterosexual that would be fine with a civil ceremony. You know, they say marriage is a religious um, thing, but you can go get married by the justice of the peace and never have the word God even mentioned. Right. So, I mean, there are heterosexuals and gay people both who would not necessarily have a problem with it being called civil union instead of marriage. But those of us who have been raised to respect marriage, that's what, we, that's what it is to us. Mm-hmm.
0: But has a Supreme Court ruling? Do you think, if your critics were to argue based on what you're saying, given a so-called precedent for incestual marriage,
1: well, uh, you or know,
0: underage I, I, marriage,
1: to me that the, you know I, I believe that marriage is people that are consenting adults, mm-hmm. um, and two people that commit to one another. That's that's what I see marriage as, and
0: regardless of their background. I'm sorry, what do you mean by that? No, you said you see marriage as between two consenting adults, so I was just adding to that. Does that mean regardless of their background?
1: Y- yes, as far as marriage is concerned. So
0: like a brother and sister?
1: Well, see, now incestuous as a Christian, mm-hmm. that is considered not proper. So.
0: That um, is specifically I, said in the Bible?
1: Yes, in the Old Testament, it does say something about that. But I, and and that is not my, you know, issue. I don't I don't understand how that could even be possible. But um, marriage, as we know it, has always been between two people who are not family, mm-hmm. and and that's the way I see marriage. Okay.
0: So tell me now, you're you're married. You're happily married. You've been married for 23 years. Yes. How does a gay marriage work? Who uses whose surname?
1: Well, actually, we did a hyphenation of our, you know, hyphened our names, Eddie McCain, Hmm. E-D-D-Y, then M-C-C-A-I-N. I I took his name, and he took mine that way.
0: So you are Randy Eddie McCain? Yes. Before marriage, you were what?
1: Randy McCain.
0: And who's Eddie?
1: Gary's last name is Eddie.
0: Oh, it's Gary Eddie. Yes. Okay. So he is Gary Eddie McCain? Yes. Oh. Now, at the risk of sounding extremely belligerent, who is the girl in the relationship?
1: (laughs) I had someone ask me one time, who is the happy pappy and who's the happy (laughs) mammy? I don't know what they meant by that. I would have been censored for that,
0: but I'd rather you say it.
1: But I think... Mm. But I think... Um, what they were asking was, who plays the male role and who plays the female role? And see, I think this is where, again, the, the understanding of things, we progress in our understanding. Right. For years, there was this patriarchal uh, concept of marriage where the man earned the living and the woman stayed at home and did the cooking and, and took care now of the it's, Now
0: it's changed because the man does the earning and the wife does the spending.
1: Well, but you see many times today women who Mm. also have jobs And you even see men that are staying home And kind of being, um, you know, a a dad Who takes care of the children while the wife goes out and works So we've had a change, a shift in our perception And our understanding of marriage Mm. And I think that what I see And I think this is why some have problems in the Christian community with gay marriage is because they think that the man should, should be the one to make the decisions and the wife should submit to the husband. And, but I think what, what Jesus The
0: good really old has, days, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think what Jesus taught us was that we should submit to one another in a marriage. And I, don't, and I don't see that there... I think that that understanding of marriage has been used to abuse women for years by men who took advantage of that to uh, abuse their wives. And so you have to submit... Well, now
0: it's the other way around, isn't it? <laughs> so in same-sex marriage, I mean, that's all pretty in prose, but uh, how does it work? How, who does the dishes? Who does that? How, how do you guys work it out?
1: You know, uh, I see there's a mixture of things within mm-hmm. our relationship. Uh, we both cook. Um, so uh, Gary tends to cook more everyday meals than I cook for special events. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, he keeps the books, um, uh, financially, uh, there, there are things, and I've found this to be true in a lot of gay relationships, it's not, we don't assign certain um, things that we do in a marriage to either the male or the female role. And, and I think that's why, like I said, that some people have a problem with understanding gay marriage because they feel that when there's two men or two women, Who's going to be submissive to who? But I really believe that that's the, that's the beauty of it is that I think we're both submissive to one another and we work together and we share responsibilities, which I think is healthy in heterosexual marriages as well as gay. You marriage.
0: should talk to my wife because, you know, this whole submission thing, she's never very submissive to me. Um, <laughs> no, and, and you know what? For lost time. <laughs> I don't have a problem in understanding. I think I have a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, and it's 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 good to know that things are as normal as they should be. But do you like no. is, do like one of you guys open the door for the other?
1: Uh, sometimes, and and he could open it for me, or I could open it for him. That's there is sweet. that mutual respect for one mm-hmm. another.
0: But I guess one thing missing from a gay marriage would be like, you know, I need a breakaway from my wife ever so often, so I go for a boys' night out. But I guess from a gay marriage, you wouldn't have a boys' night out with your buddies because your other half might feel you're more vulnerable to having an affair, right? It would be like me joining a kitty group with my wife's girlfriends. That would be so much fun, though, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd only have one thing on my mind, and I wouldn't be allowed to go.
1: Well, I think you need some therapy, but...
0: (laughs) That's what she said.
1: But I think, think like with us... um, We have certain friends, like he has friends that love sci-fi movies, and I hate Mm. sci-fi movies. So he'll go with them when a sci-fi movie is showing. And uh, I have friends who would prefer dramas, you know, and and things that maybe— or uh, I get together with my friends that discuss theology, and that kind of wears him out, you know. So, I mean, uh, we're more alike than we are different. uh, But do you
0: not feel vulnerable if he's with his friends? Because, you know, men are men.
1: Well, that's where Christ comes into the play. And I believe that as a Christian, that mm-hmm. Jesus gives us the ability to be disciplined in our lives. And that includes our sexual activities.
0: So no like that's one why, night stands or like quickies and things like that. I mean, that's like a definite no-no. You guys have boundaries.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is healthy. And that's what I teach as a pastor. That um, I believe in loving, committed, monogamous relationships. If you're going to call it marriage, mm-hmm. I believe the rules apply to both sides. I think that that it works for both. I just think it it makes more sense to, and it's healthier, um, physically, emotionally, spiritually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for you to have that commitment. And it teaches you discipline.
0: Are you guys? more emotional in a relationship like when you argue, do you guys break down into tears and 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 that sort of thing i mean does being gay make you more in touch with your inner soul
1: well you know when you ask me that question it, it almost sounds like uh, the male chauvinist type approach to men and women mm. i mean I know men. Well, there'll be a lot of male chauvinists
0: listening to the show, so I, I want them to get an understanding.
1: <laughs> well, and I think that there are men that I know that yeah. are heterosexual, who uh, are weepy, that cry when they. My get wife out of
0: makes themselves. me cry all the time.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but but I I, I I see that I, yeah. I in our relationship, uh, uh, you know, I I don't assign emotions to. Uh, um, to a man or to a woman. I think we all are a mixture of it all. Right. And I think it's wrong to tell a man he can't cry. Because left to, to himself, mm. I guarantee you that there are men who uh, would never cry in public who cry in private.
0: But you see, the heterosexual culture imposes upon us that we sort of be more manly and not cry. Right, and You I don't know what I mean? Right. So we sort of brainwash that way. But in, 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 in the gay world, um, is being emotional considered acceptable? Because if I go right now back to my producer and I start weeping and say, oh, you know, I'm having a bad day, he's going he's gonna to feel a little awkward.
1: Well, and, and I don't think that's right. I think that uh, if you're a Christian, I, I'd say look at Jesus, one of the shortest scriptures in the Bible, is Jesus wept? Mm. And Jesus was a man. And and I think that that we as a culture have uh, damaged uh, men by not allowing them to be um, honest with their emotions.
0: Now you're also. So, I mean,
1: it, it doesn't. And and in any relationship, you're going to have one person that's more emotional than the other.
0: Right.
1: And in mine and Gary's, I would say I'm probably the more emotional one. And yet he can watch a movie that's real sappy and he'll cry. So, I mean, you can't assign those emotions. I think that we're human. I think they are human emotions, not male emotions or female emotions.
0: No, I guess I was just trying to get an understanding of, you know, being a gay man, uh, are emotions more free? Are you guys at more liberty to be more expressive, whether you're happy or you're sad?
1: Well, I think we have more of a freedom in that. Well, that's Um, great. Yeah, and I think that is healthy.
0: Now, you're also a gay parent. Yes. Is it difficult to adopt as a a gay parent?
1: I think it has been. It's Mm -hmm. becoming easier, and it's more acceptable these days, Mm -hmm. and I think that's a good thing.
0: Tell me about your child.
1: We um, adopted... Bobby, uh, after he was um, in his 20s, um, he came to us to the church that I pastor, uh, having been kicked out of a church that I considered to be somewhat cultish. They did not go to doctors. They did not um, uh, celebrate Christmas or Easter. Uh, they did not allow their children to watch television, um, there was no outside, uh, they, they were not um, associated with anything outside of their church world. Right. even went to a school that was uh, 1 through 12 um, grades that indoctrinated them with just their worldview and, you know, and all of that. And it was very, very, very conservative even to most, I would think, fundamental con- evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. And so when he came out and and they kicked him out, he had gotten married right out of high school, had two small children that he could not see. The pastor said, you will not only leave this church, you will leave this town. And when he came, he was so broken. And I had always wanted to adopt or have a child because I thought I'd be a great dad. And I, I just felt in my spirit that I would one day have a son. And... So it became clearer to me that... that but God your son was
0: 20 years old.
1: Yes, yes. But when he came out, he did not... He had never been to a doctor. I had to go with him to his first doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. He had no um, touchstones culturally. He didn't know who I Love Lucy was. He didn't know anything about what was on television. He, it was very... His, his education was very stunted.
0: So you adopted and a child in the form of an adult.
1: Yes, and I think we went through all of the uh, stages with him, other than changing diapers, and I'm a little thankful that I missed out on that one. Mm. But, Lucky but you. we and we had the the wonderful experience of having father-son talks, and 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 uh, Gary also, and you know, at the end of those talks, and and like any other parent, when I'd have to have those confrontational talks, um, I would. You know, second-guess myself, thinking, oh, it's going to make him angry at me, And but I really need to discuss this with him. Mm-hmm. And after a very intense conversation, he would look at me, and I would think he was wanting to cuss me, but he would look at me and say, thanks, Dad. And So what,
0: that, what does he call Eddie, then, if you're Dad?
1: He calls him Daddy G and calls me um, Daddy Randy. You know, he just, I mean, he calls us by our names, usually, but when he refers to us as his Dads.
0: Oh, When he wants money, he'll call you dad.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But he had two children, and we were able to get a lawyer for him, and uh, now he gets to see them. They live uh, quite a ways away in another state, but we can meet halfway every month for a weekend of having the children with us, a boy and a girl, and then like this summer, they have spent a couple of weeks with us, and we took them to Atlanta to Six Flags and Just had a great uh, family outing.
0: Now, when you adopted Bobby, I mean, he wasn't really exposed to all the ways of the world. So how did you manage to explain to him about that you were in a gay relationship?
1: Well, he understood a little of that because when he had first come out, Mm. he was thrown into that world because that's the only place he was accepted. Mm -hmm. But he didn't have any tools uh, as far as life tools to to navigate through that and he you know he was not happy and he was miserable hated himself you know when you are told by your government and this is the way I was raised my government told me I was a criminal before the sodomy laws were brought down Um, my church told me I was an abomination to God Um, uh, the medical before the 70s the medical field said that I was sick so you get all of that information, mm. and he got a lot of that from this church he attended. Um, you have a very poor self-image, and that's why we have so many um, teens that have killed themselves because they go to the church, which they think is their last hope, and are told that God hates them and that they, as they are, God's going to send them to hell and because of who they are. And they have no other hopes, so they kill themselves, and that's so sad. And that's what I'm so thankful that we were able to save Bobby from.
0: And he accepted you both?
1: Yes, yes. I was his pastor first, right. and so he knew me in that um, regard, and I had done counseling with him. And so then he grew to love me as his father. And And, you know, I know now, and it has helped me understand my own parents, when you become a parent— you, you understand what you put your own parents through. <laughs> right, It's kind of like called paying for your raising, or I think I've heard that term used.
0: Now, obviously in your flock when you're pastoring, you have a lot of um, same-sex couples, and I'm sure some of them have adopted kids. How do you sort of guide them in, in, in telling their child the argument that you know every child is entitled to a mother and a father but in this particular case it's not the not the way
1: you know i think the way that as a christian that i view um, family is different than dr dobson
0: no but not as a christian but as someone living in the real world because after they leave church after the service they've got to go face the real world on a monday
1: right and i think that it's becoming easier and easier for them to do that it was very Mm -hmm. difficult in, in the early days uh, of my ministry. But I think that uh, the young people are way ahead of us older folks in, in the way they are accepting of the new concept um, of marriage being inclusive. And, and so I don't see as much of a problem anymore than I did in the beginnings. Mm-hmm. But what we teach them is that they are loved and that their parents both love them and I think that in our church, and I, you say not in the church, but I mean, I'm a pastor, so you get a little of that, you know, when you talk to me. Right. And I think that the, the purpose of the church is to be a family for those who don't have families. And for those who don't have a father, they have a father in the church. The, the ones that don't have a mother, they have a mother in the church. A sister, a brother, we are all the family of God. And I think that's the way we approach it with our children.
0: What's the biggest hurdle at the moment that you think the LGBT community have um, from a religious perspective? Because obviously when the Supreme Court ruling came out, you know, there was a lot of uh, extreme opinion. But on the favorable side, everyone was very, very supportive of it. But you know what? The irony of it was I said to my friends who were very supportive of it because they were standing on the outside looking in. They felt very jubilant. And I said, you know what? How would you feel if your son or your daughter turned out to be a gay or lesbian? If you said, I don't mind, then we've truly achieved acceptance, right? Yeah. But when I said that, they were very quiet. Mm -hmm. So obviously, from the outside looking in, they're all very supportive. But if it impacted their own personal world, suddenly the thought process started to waver.
1: But you see, I have friends who are heterosexual that are looking at it and, and rejoicing, and I think that, that way, the way they feel about their children is, you know what? At some point, uh, my child will discover who they are, and when they do, I want them to realize that I will love them, mm-hmm. whether they are gay or whether they are non-gay. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a healthy uh, reaction to the, to the decision for those who have children who are heterosexual, is to raise that child in knowing that mommy and daddy love you. Whatever, you know, you, there's nothing you can do that would ever make us not love you. Uh, we love you whether you're uh, whoever you love, we will love you, and we will love the person you love.
0: Now, you're not only a gay parent, but I just realized you're a gay granddad.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So how do you explain to the two little ones?
1: Well, I think they see it more in how we operate when they right. come to see us, they've mm-hmm. been told. Um, and and I don't try to, because we came into the picture after they were uh, like 5 and 10 or whatever they were when we first uh, had them come into our lives, I don't try to take the role of their other grandparents or uh... shake that up in any way but they understand that we love them we care about them mm-hmm. and uh... when they are here they're part of our family and um and we get along just fine
0: so in all of this it seems love conquers all
1: and that's what it is i think that's the answer is to love and i think that's why we're told that god is love and i don't understand this other god that that, that i hear so many of my christian brothers and sisters talking about but in in the bible we're told that those who love are in God, and God is in them. And how can you love God, whom you have not seen, when you can't love those that you can see? And I, th- I, think, it, I think we've got to get back. And I think that in every generation, there is a people that God uses to show um, the church that they do not have a corner on who God will bless and who God will love. I think that uh, during the civil rights movement it was the black community, I think during the 60s it was the hippies, and I think today it's the uh, LGBTQ community that God uh, has used to show that, that God's love is so much greater than we have any concept of.
0: That always seems to be a religious debate though, doesn't it?
1: Okay. Okay.
0: No, no I'm, I'm asking.
1: Well, I think it is up for debate, but I think that uh, the, the only way that I can view God is through love.
0: Because those who, you know, there, there seem to be two factions. One faction says that, well, um, being gay is not allowed within the Bible. And the other is saying, well, no, it is. Is it a case of reading the Bible to suit your need or your situation?
1: I heard someone say that many people use the Bible like a drunk uses a lamppost <laughs> for support and not elimination. Right. And I think that, that people go to the Bible to try to prove what they already are conditioned to believe. And, you know, I've, I've gone through the scriptures. There's basically the seven clobber scriptures that people use to clobber gay people with. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't read them the same way because I'm coming from an experiential Position where many of them are coming from having to look from the outside in. I'm living it, and I'm experiencing the reality of God's love in my life, and I see the fruit of God's Spirit in my relationship with my husband, Gary. And so I read it through a whole different lens. And when I read it, I don't see, uh, take, for example, the Sodom and Gomorrah story, where these angels in the form of men come into a city that is walled, And immediately, you know, they are suspect because they aren't part of that city. And when the men come out and say, you've got to bring them out to us Mm -hmm. so we can know them, you dock them, um, if it were meant to be um, uh, a sexual experience, it wasn't sex, it was rape. And in that era, that was the way you showed a man that you had uh, superiority over them was to put them in the place of a woman. And, you know, people have said to me all my life, you want to know what God thinks of you? Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. And I don't see myself in that story at all. And and if you try to get a sexual ethic out of that whole story, hmm. uh, after the city is destroyed, Lot and his daughters go up into the mountains, and his daughters get their father drunk so they can have babies by him, which is incestuous. So I really don't think you can get a sexual ethic out of the story of Sodom and Gomorrah unless you're on the Jerry Springer show or something.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I you know, one of the most, I think the biggest misperceptions of homosexuality is it's being gay is all about the sex only, which it isn't.
1: No, it's not. And, I mean, I would ask any married couple, mm. you know, that have been married for 23 years. Um, how it's never about, about the sex because
0: there's never any.
1: <laughs> how much of your time is you know uh, sexual and right. most of it is paying bills and making sure that you've got money to pay the bills mm. and you've got the laundry done and you've got supper ready or cooked and or eating and uh, that's what your life consists of and if you're lucky you can you know make an appointment to be intimate with one another but right. sometimes by the time the day's over you're so exhausted that that's not in the cards so
0: and it's, it's the, same the same with you guys, right?
1: It's the same. We're just as boring as y'all. <laughs> How
0: open are you with your relationship when you are out and about? Because part of the joy of being in a relationship is doing simple things like walking in a park, holding hands, uh, you know, feeding each other in a, in a restaurant, something, you know, romantic uh, scenarios like that.
1: I think it's becoming easier now. Um, and like last night, we went to a restaurant with some other folks, and she looked at me and said, are you by yourself, when she was putting the bills together? And and I said, uh, no, it'll be him and I. And she goes, oh, so y'all are together? And I said, we've been together for 23 years. <laughs> right. And she was like, oh, well, congratulations. We're used to. That would really turn heads. Mm but i think now it's becoming easier which i'm so thankful because that was so hard in the beginning of my relationship with gary that you know there's moments when you're in love with someone when you look at them and all of a sudden you're just filled with this wonderful feeling where you just want to touch them, you just mm-hmm. want to let them know that you're there with them yeah. and yeah. it would be like okay do i do that at this moment do i grab his hand or do do i uh, risk being beat up and screamed at and maybe asked to leave the restaurant you know and and so thank god things are changing to where gay couples can can show their love for one another now i don't i you know i've never understood any couple that are smooching on each other to the point of you wanting to say get a room you know i i just think there's certain etiquette but I think certainly, holding hands and kissing him goodbye when i 'm at the airport and things like that, or if i 'm in the backyard and i 'm leaving for, or in the front yard and i 'm leaving for uh, for work, and I kiss him goodbye i don 't have to worry about what the neighbors are going to think
0: but are you still conscious are, and,
1: and part of that is because we are out, and I think that was the important reason why I had to be out. Mm-hmm is because, I I mean, things weren't going to change. How could I expect anyone to respect my relationship if I didn't show that I respected it? And so it was important for me to to let my neighbors know. And we have parties, and our neighbors come every Christmas, and and they all love us and and support us. and, And some of them are very different as far as their political views or whatever, but they know that we're good neighbors and that we love one another and we're good for each other.
0: And they've been supportive of the uh, Supreme Court ruling?
1: Yes, I've had them congratulate me, which... And I'm I'm sure there may be some that aren't. Um, I don't want to speak for all of them, but but, uh, they haven't been mean about it.
0: Now, give me some examples of your struggle as a gay person growing up. What have been the most significant moments that have been, you know, that have stuck in your mind? I think
1: being uh, so in love with God and here again I can't really talk about my life without talking about God because they're so interconnected because I was raised in a family where we were much uh, we were very into the church life mm-hmm. and so uh, I loved God and when all the other kids wanted to be out playing while the young, while the older folks were in praying or having Bible study I was the kid that was weird and wanted to be in the Bible study I always had this strong desire to know God, and for me in the Christian faith, it was through jesus christ and i have have had such a love for him all my life, and so I felt called uh, when I was in the eleventh grade. Mm-hmm. I was one of those kids that every minister that came through told my parents he's going to be a minister someday because I just had um, deep thoughts about God and wanted to share them and and but everybody had called me, I felt like, but God, because I didn't understand how you get that kind of call. Uh, and, and so I received that one night at a youth retreat. And, mm-hmm. and so then I started out life, and I, and I knew I was different. I knew I was different.
0: What, what made um, you feel that?
1: Well, it's like when I would be with guys, and they would see some girls, mm-hmm. and they would say, Wow, you know, look at the breasts on that girl, you know. So
0: they were or, looking at the girls, and you were looking at the guys?
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, I was looking at the girls trying to feel what they were, trying to understand why were they so interested in that, mm. in a woman's breast. And I, so I would go along with it, and I'd say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, inside I was going, I don't get it. I don't understand
0: why they're attracted to that. You're not feeling what they feel.
1: Right, and and I tell you where um, the aha moment came for me was when I was, um, first came out and was with a bunch of gay guys, and we were, driving through a park, and there were a bunch of guys playing volleyball, and somebody said, look at the pecs on that guy, and I went, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Mm -hmm. then I went, oh, that's what those guys were feeling when they said, look at that girl's breasts.'" You know, it it finally made sense, but see, there was nobody I could go to to understand why I was different in that way. Mm -hmm. And then when I started understanding a little bit about uh, being gay, of course, I understood it in a very negative way because that was my world the people in my world saw it that way. And so, and I would hear the boys telling gay jokes and I would kind of laugh along because I didn't want them to think I was different. But inside I'd think, are they laughing at me? And I, do I have those feelings? And then I read a book one time that said that all young boys go through a crush stage on another boy. And I thought, oh, maybe that's me. I'm just going through a stage because I realized I could never have my dream of ministry. Did they uh, ever
0: tease you? As a, you know, stereotype gay with the sort of hand movements and the walk or something like that, did you ever have I don't any know of that? that
1: I, I don't know that I had that to that extreme. Right. I did like to cook, and I did like music, and I liked movies and musicals and and that type of stereotypical thing. Mm-hmm. But But I was in a church environment, and see, in our church environment, they played down any kind of... Of uh, dating, you know, uh, with the opposite sex. So I was kind of safe. It's like they would say in church, the men hug the men and the women hug the women, <laughs> you know. And I was, I felt very comfortable with that. And and I, so I, I didn't have to worry about it as much as if I had been totally out into the culture mm-hmm. of of kind of what I would call a normal life. Um, but but yet I did get it at school sometimes because. I wasn't allowed to go to Melissa's party, her birthday party, when I was in the sixth grade. because was be dancing. Just a girl that oh, okay. I, was in my class. Right. And she'd invited me to her birthday party. But Mama says, well, you'll take a pri- present by, but then you have to leave because they'll be dancing. And mm-hmm. we weren't allowed to dance. So, I mean, and I was already a weirdo because I was a Pentecostal kid. And so uh, part of that was. Was not new to me when I realized I was also an outsider because I was gay. Right. So.
0: Oh, funny that, was, that the 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 bells of the church are ringing.
1: I know. <laughs> I don't know. How
0: symbolic is, is that? Right. <laughs> um. You wrote a book, and God Saved Judy Garland: A Gay Christian's Journey.
1: Yes.
0: What's that about? Is it a uh, an autobiography?
1: Um. Yeah, it's, it's my story. Um, mm. And the reason for the title is um, uh, when I was a kid, I loved The Wizard of Oz. Right. And I told my mother one day, I said, I'm going to marry Judy Garland when I grow up. And she said, oh, honey, you can't marry her. She's an older woman, but you do need to pray for her because she needs God's help. So every night I would pray my little prayer, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and at the end of it I would say, and God save Judy Garland, amen. Hmm. So so, she, um, she, so after I grew up and realized I was gay, then I realized that um, two men would be out walking, they'd see another man, they'd think, I wonder if he's gay. They'd say, I wonder if he's a friend of Dorothy's. It was like kind of a buzz term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized that I had been a friend of Dorothy's way back from the time I was five years old and so that's kind of the reason for the title but the main purpose of the book is to show people give them a window into what it's like to be a gay person and be a Christian and and to struggle with that issue and and um, I, I and it's a saga it's a love story Gary and I met in 74 1974 at Bible College he was from South Dakota I was from Arkansas and it took us till 1992 to get together so it's kind of a saga of our relationship and the things we went through
0: so it's a life story it's a love story does it also highlight the difficulties you had as a gay pastor
1: yes and talks about how i was fired from a certain um uh, as associate pastor at a Mm. church um the pastor had known all along but he had said you know we won't necessarily let everybody know until they get to love you and then maybe they'll be okay well they weren't and i was fired and then when i was fired in um 85 no i'm sorry 95 Mm -hmm. um then i have a dear friend named peggy campolo who said to me you know if there's no place for your gifts to be used there in the little rock arkansas area there's got to be a lot of people who don't have a place to worship and i think you have the gifts to be a pastor i think you should start your own work and we started open door community church in nineteen ninety six and we will be celebrating twenty years next year And we have seen the most wonderful stories coming through our doors and and i've never called it a gay church because i think that would be like saying it's a black church or a white church mm. it's a grace place where all people are welcome and i think that's i think that's why we have such uplifting uh, services is because there is that feeling of love. I've had parents come of gay children who have come to see why, why their kids are going to this church, and they would be speechless afterwards and in tears, and saying, "There's just so much love in this place." Well, I get and, that. I
0: get that sense from your voice that there is a lot of love in your life and a lot of love in what you do, and I guess that's why you call it open door, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, my, my grandmother, who was in her 80s, mm. went to an Assembly of God church who wouldn't allow Hispanics or blacks. And so a, a group of the younger adult couples started their own work called Open Door. Right. And I loved that title. I thought it meant exactly what I wanted to see uh, a church, uh, how they would and, operate. And,
0: and where can you get the book?
1: You can get it at Amazon.com. And God Saved Judy Garland, A Gay Christian's Journey by Randy Eddie McCain.
0: Well, Pastor Randy Eddie McCain, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Sure, thank you for having me. I really
0: appreciate it. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And a special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Beerser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating and informational guests that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your loved ones. And until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead.